The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Great to be with you on a Monday. It's Hale Varsity Radio. We're presented by Currency. For all your equipment financing needs, go Currency. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. A win for Nebraska on Saturday night under the lights of Memorial Stadium. Homecoming very good to the Big Red, uh, but the defense even better in that second half, get your thoughts here on Nebraska-Indiana moving forward to Rutgers. We will be live at the Hale Varsity Club Friday in La Vista, taking you up till kickoff. Uh, four to six road show. Want to see you up there, hang out, watch the ball game, and then uh, our reaction show follows. So a full slate, but a week's worth of thoughts on Nebraska-Rutgers, other college football. The West is wild and wide open in the Big Ten. The Big 12 is devilishly fun to watch (laughs) because each week it's another marquee matchup. TCU, Kansas. I know I'm – it's part of the open here. We're talking Kansas football. Hey, they're ranked and they're unbeaten. So is TCU, whatever. Uh, But you can join us today. Jump on in at 466-3776-800-825. 5865. We'll hear from Mickey Joseph in a little bit. His thoughts on uh, Nebraska Rutgers and uh, a couple of um, uh, final thoughts on on the team as they uh, got the victory over Indiana. Jay Moore going to be with us on today's show. Uh, Blackshirt Husker NFLer and, uh, of course, part of Big Red Wrap-Up. Coach Charlie McBride with us in one hour a Monday with Charlie Right at five. And Coach McBride, very close to Paul Christ. They, uh, Charlie knew the Christ family, has known the Christ family forever, ever and ever. Uh, Charlie has a picture of, of young Paul as a teenager because Charlie used to coach up there. You've been uh, well informed that, that Chris has spent most of his life in Madison. Let go last night, watched a little bit of that press conference. That was wild. I'm not shocked that Wisconsin moved on. I'm shocked they moved on this soon. But maybe they felt now or never to either keep Jim Leonard or to get in the Leopold sweepstakes. You can email the show, Chris, at HaleVarsity.com. Let me ask you this about Saturday night. It was really cool to see Nebraska be in a close game and then separate themselves in a close game and then win by two touchdowns. Uh, Does this win feel different for you in the context of how the rest of the season can go? As a Nebraska fan, do you have a little bit 
more hope for the season based on the fact Nebraska found a way to win against Indiana. We're not confusing it with taking down Oklahoma in 2001, number one versus number two for uh, all bragging rights in the pole position in the BCS race. But based on how things have gone in close ball games with Nebraska, it's a reality that they have not fared well. They've been in position multiple times to win close ball games. And it's gone sideways through their own doing a lot of times, or quite honestly, the team just outlasted Nebraska, either out-physicaled or made more plays. Nebraska made the plays on Saturday night. Trey Palmer, fantastic. Anthony Grant, great run in the football. Casey Thompson, a warrior. And the offensive line got after it. Nebraska was physical down the stretch. And dare I say, good defensively? Very good defensively. We'll get to your phone calls in just a minute. But are you going to do more than just chalk this up to, all right, it's a win, you should have won, you're favored, but that's not been reality. Is this going to change the outlook for you as the season moves forward? It was a big moment in the season, Saturday night. I I truly believe that. You, You don't find a way and you're staring bad to worse in the face. Instead, you got a chance to go in, get another, well, get a road, I shouldn't say another, get a road win and put two in a row together. And then let's see what sticks against the wall under the lights at Purdue. Yeah, and I got to eat my words here for just a second because over the past couple weeks, I've, I've said some things about this football team that, that they went and proved me wrong on Saturday, where I said these lines of scrimmage uh, could be the worst I've ever seen. And then the lines of scrimmage, they weren't perfect on Saturday by any means, but they were a lot better. I said this Husker team might be uh, the worst based on. Uh, the competition that they're facing compared to the rest of the conference since it's been since 1957, whatever, Bill Jennings' last season at Nebraska. And you know what? They went out on Saturday and, and showed me something different. And I'm glad that I am wrong because this team actually looked like a team that could be enjoyable to watch moving forward on Saturday. No, it wasn't perfect. Yes, you're playing an undermanned Indiana team, an Indiana team that, I mean, is probably going to be sitting towards the bottom of the Big Ten East, to, to, to put it simply. It's, it's not a, a great football team that Nebraska went out and beat on Saturday, but... I think everyone could see the, the difference in mentality and in energy that that Husker football team had on Saturday. They did not look like a team that had given up on this season. They did not look like a team that was down and out. The defense fought. The defense responded to adversity at the end of the first half. That, I mean, things could have started to spiral. We said in our halftime update, Schmidt, on Saturday that Nebraska was going to have to go claim momentum in that second mm-hmm. half. And the offense wasn't even great in the third quarter. The defense went and single-handedly went and claimed momentum in that football game based on how they played coming out of halftime. Only, what, 60-something yards for Indiana in the second half? Yeah, I mean, they, they finished under 300. I mean, Indiana finished at 290. They finished at 67 plays. They had zero rhythm. They got a little rhythm, those final two drives, and you give up a 14-point lead, and you're like, Ugh. all right, second half. No good. Nebraska gets the football, three and out, penalties, going the wrong way. Nebraska started out three of their six drives at the 40 or two of those three in Indiana in Indiana territory, right? They, they got one of the touchdowns, right? But the, the worst field position they had in the second half, they, they, they drilled it with Palmer uh, for the 71-yarder. Monster, monster play. That's the thing Nebraska has, and we'll get to your calls. 
Elijah, Nebraska has guys that can go do this. They can go make plays, quarterback, wide receiver, running game, and uh, they have guys that can look the part. I mean, they're, they're all portal guys, but they went and won it for you. Uh, individually with Palmer getting open, with Casey making the throw, and Grant running tough. I think my biggest takeaway from the game on Saturday was that was a team that did not play with self-doubt, which is what we saw in the first four games of the season. All four of those games, Nebraska played with self-doubt. Even dating back to last season, Nebraska played... I mean, you can go back to the entire Frost era. It It looked like a team that played with a lack of confidence. And Saturday, I saw confidence. I saw a team that believed in themselves. And sure, the, the, the opponent was not great. It's a game Nebraska needed. It's a game they got. It's a game they played with confidence. That that was the the first step towards Nebraska living up to their potential as a football team. We've talked about the fact that this team has athletes. This team has potential. You look at the recruiting rankings. It's there. Saturday was the first step towards this team living up to the potential that that we saw in them before the season began. Who's with us here to kick it off? We've got Robert on the line. Robert, thanks for calling. Go ahead on Hale Varsity. Uh, Wisconsin, as usual, has to copy it, even if it means firing your coach. And uh, also, um, Nebraska. Uh, Robert, you're real, real faint. Can you get closer to your phone or pick up? Yeah, is that better? Yes, sir. Go for it. Reset. Start over for me. Okay. I wanted to say about Wisconsin, as usual, they have to copy Nebraska (laughs) all the way down to firing their coach. And hopefully this is this is the equivalent of them firing Solich and it's about to go south on them and give us back our rightful spot at the top of the division here. And as far as the Huskers go, I'm I, I don't want to downplay it any. It was it was a big victory, even though it's over maybe not that great of an opponent. You got to start somewhere. No, nobody really expected to beat Oklahoma. Now that Oklahoma's been exposed two weeks in a row, it would have been nice to be the first to do that, but that might have been asking a little bit much at the time. Mm-hmm. I just think that we have as many three- and four-star players as, as anybody, and it's just a matter of getting them to play to their potential, and I, I think Mickey is, is doing a good job of that. Robert, right on. Good stuff. They're getting coached up. They're uh, playing better football. Hey, they've bought in – and they got the payoff, at least through one week, with the bye week figured in. So that's two weeks of work with with Bush. That's two two weeks with Joseph. And uh, the question is this: What did the win do for you, as a Nebraska fan? Uh, line open at eight hundred eight two five five eight six five. Well, I just taking your calls. You can hear him in the background. Emails, chris at hailvarsity.com. Yeah, oh, I left my mic on. You left your mic on. But, hey, it's all right. Who's with us to kick off? We've got Chris on the line. Chris, thanks for the call. Go ahead. Hey, Schmitty. Hey, man. Um, so so you, your, your question right off the, the right, the jump, was like, does this one feel better or feel different? Of course it does, right? We won. And, you know, the my takeaway from it is that you mentioned it, was it the physicalness? It, it, it seems that we're probably practicing being physical now, right? Would that not be a fair statement? We, we, they're they're we tackling, Chris. They're, they're tackling, my friend. So, yes, there's some physicality to it. <laughs> how, how about that for a strategy? Practicing tackling to get better at tackling. That's a novel concept. Um, anyway, if, if I was somebody on the rest of our schedule, I'd be awful nervous because 
we don't have much to lose, and we did not play very good Saturday night, and we still won. So that's all I got. Hey, Thanks, man. Good stuff. Appreciate you. Chris chiming in, 466-3776. Yeah, we're not going to get crazy overboard with – a win over Indiana, what it can do for you. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say that Nebraska is now in contention for the Big Ten West, despite the fact they are tied they for first. They are. You know why? Because everybody in the West is in contention well, for the West. I'll, I'll just take it back a step and say Nebraska's got a chance on Friday to be above 500 in Big Ten play, and I couldn't tell you when the last time they, they had that opportunity. I mean, 2018. 18 20, 2019 excuse me i think may have been the last time where you were one game over yeah yeah well yeah because you started off the year at, at, at illinois you won that shootout so you were technically one and oh going uh, into game day with ohio state coming to town who's with us on the line we got paul on the line paul go ahead thanks for calling man did anybody call it closer than I did saying 42-21 when it's 35-21, well, baby? You, you called it a hell of a lot closer than I did. Yeah, we both picked <laughs> Indiana. We were wrong. Because we, you didn't well, have the love and faith of our Huskers. No, I, no we just... Paul, it's, it's just a simple fact of the matter of it's not the first time I've been wrong, and times, it's not the last time I'm going to be wrong. Too many times we picked them to win, and they didn't. <laughs> yeah, and too many times they've disappointed everyone. I get that, absolutely. Uh, and I think people are getting a little too much hubris for the rest of the year. I think we've got a shot of doing fairly well. Can we win the West? Technically, yes. Are we going to win the West? I doubt it. I don't but think I that's the do. expectation. The, 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 the thing that would be nice is to be able to still have a chance to do it in November, and that's not happened for forever. I'll, I'll, take it, I'll even take it a step back from that. I mean, obviously you should have aspirations that are, that are high. If you set your, your goals low, you're going to succeed low. So I think yeah. you, you set your goals high as a team, and that's you take it 1-0. You want to beat every Big Ten West foe you face. You want a chance at the Big Ten West crown. But at the end of the day, a, a successful season with how crazy this has been is 6-6 six and six in a bowl game. And the question for you guys, I don't follow this close enough, Leopold and Lenhart, are they both defensive guys? Well, uh, Le- Le- Leopold's an offensive guy, and, and uh, Leonard is, is a defensive coordinator. And so, who was named interim at uh, Wisconsin? Uh, it's it's uh, Lenny. Jim Leonard is. Well, then I think it's going to be interesting to see whether or not uh, they put it to Lee, Lee Pol- that uh, we want you as head coach, but you got to keep uh, Leonard as. Your I think this is this is this is uh, Leonard's shot to keep it because I think he was real close to getting hired away last year by Green Bay. Well, I, I think they knew this was going to be his last season. So they're saying, you know what, Paul Christ hasn't impressed us this season, so we're going to give you a chance. We're going to give you to a try. Either you're going to be our head coach here, you're going to be head coach somewhere else, but we know you weren't going to be back next season as the defensive coordinator. So this is the seven-game tryout that they get. And if it, it all goes to hell if Leonard can't fix things, and I think you, you turn over the page and you go talk to Leopold. Well, I think we're probably going to be really big Wisconsin fans for the rest of the year just so we have the better shot at Leopold then, right? Uh, well, Nicky will have something to say if he can get the oh, thing I'm, going, for sure. I'm, play, I'm praying for Mick. Mm-hmm. If I had my brothers, it'd be Mickey. Well, hey, there's, uh, there's a win in the, uh, the win column uh, in Big Ten play. That's good. Paul, thanks for the phone call, bud. Appreciate you listening. If you're on hold, stay there. We'll get to you here. Jay Moore uh, coming up here in today's show. Charlie McBride with us. And uh, chance for you, open phones. What did the wind do for you as a Nebraska fan? Is it just in the vacuum? Is it just one win? Absolutely. But is it uh, a bit of a, a season changer for you? It, it was a big, 
big moment in the season. We circled this. We circled this thing after what happened in Ireland. We circled this thing after Oklahoma because you had a bye week to, to reconfigure. And uh, if it didn't happen for you Saturday night, it was going to be a long, long – it's already been a long season, but it was going to be an even longer season for the kids. But Mickey has asked them to play and be physical. He's demanding it in practice. They've been doing it for two weeks. You saw him lean on the run game. You saw the defense play faster, more confident, and they had a little bit less uh, analysis paralysis going on. Two turnovers forced, a blocked punt, and a win on Saturday night. More of your phone calls coming up with Hale Varsity presented by Currency. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor of Hale Varsity, and I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back with you, Tail Varsity, presented by Currency. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Hurt. will find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio at Herbal Essence. And we're watching, you can watch us. We're watching each other. That's gross. Uh, at H Varsity Radio on Twitter, at, uh, at ESPN Lincoln on Twitter, and Facebook Live on ESPN Lincoln's Facebook page. We'll get to some of your tweets, some of your emails, more of your phone calls. We're asking you, though, after Saturday night, and man, with our. Reaction show, Elijah, it was just the sound of joy, right? You had happy Nebraska fans. You had hoots and hollers and happy chatter in the bars and taverns. It was wonderful to, to see Lincoln lit up in a good way, right? Like that after a ball game, after a win, after uh, kind of a pull away second half uh, and, and a win. Uh, and you know what? This This tweet does not need to go unnoticed. Let me... Uh, pull it up real quick here by Steven. And he wants to remind us, everyone's kind of jumping on Illinois right now, like a little wow factor there with the pig farmer. He's like, remember, Indiana beat Illinois. So before we just kind of, Indiana, they had a very very solid Big Ten win under their belt coming in. Mm Mm-hmm. And Cincinnati's ranked and pretty good. Well, Indiana, even despite being down their top two targets, I think is a better team than Northwestern, than, than Georgia Southern, yes. than North Dakota. All, all teams that Nebraska looked much more impressive against Indiana than those teams. So I think that's the, that's the big takeaway for Saturday. It's, it's the first step in the right direction of this team finding their potential. Yes, it's a big win for Nebraska, but I think we also need to keep in check here that Nebraska beating Indiana does not mean that that the road the route to six and six is going to be easy. No, absolutely. Indiana was the easiest remaining team that Nebraska has on their schedule. Very fair. I think that's that's absolutely accurate. We'll see where Indiana goes the rest of the season. We'll see what Nebraska can do with a little bit of pep in their step, a little springboard potentially uh, heading into to Rutgers. Confidence specifically with this football team proof of concept. Mo, thanks for hanging on. You're on Hale Varsity Radio. Go ahead. How you doing today? Good, Mo. Go hey, ahead, buddy. Hey, uh, 
what I got out of Saturday's game is I saw a team that was playing at or near its potential for a change and was taking care of business and was really into the game. And I think the best thing I saw out of that game was that locker room scene on the TV at the end of the game. (laughs) And I hope uh, the coach and the team has a good year because there's a way, I think, for a win on every game except maybe Michigan, and I'm not even sure there's not a way there. Well, so, there's, there's enough said. Hey, good stuff, Mo. Appreciate the phone call. Thanks for chiming in. 466-3776. No, it's, it's a lot better than the alternative because this team for too long didn't seize the moment in, in tight ball games in Big Ten play. And they were able to. Again, we'll hear from Mickey Joseph and I think there's trust with him. Why is there trust? Because he's he's real, man. He's real. He's direct. And he does what he says he's going to do. You know, the first thing he said after Oklahoma was, this is on me. He took accountability. Okay? He took accountability. And then... If he's taking accountability, then you can, you may not agree with it, but as you see it on the team, if you're not doing your job, he is going to sit you or allow your position coach or coordinator to sit you. Ben Hart, all right? He's either going to get better or watch Hunter Anthony, okay? Uh, you have Tommy Hill. They, they went to the bullpen and put in a freshman in Herzog. He played well, and Tommy Hill's going to get better or watch. And even Casey Thompson, Mr. Reed, pretty early key third down, could have ran for it, could have dumped it off earlier. I I think he had the deep ball, too. That's fine, but Whipple went gangster, Mm -hmm. okay? And and guess what? Casey Casey got to watch. Casey hates watching, (laughs) okay? So, now, I'm not good with... uh, calling a, a pass play in your own end zone. <laughs> Want that one back? Where there's the old strip sack six-pointer. Didn't like that play call. But uh, it is what it is. Nebraska survived. Got even with a blocked punt touchdown with the, the old non-offensive touchdown. John's with us at Hale Varsity. John, go ahead. Hi. Our family had a real smile on our face, and we had uh, two of our grandkids going to the games. Uh, with our tickets and we got some new fans new blood down there but i am so happy i kicked all the crap off my shoes and i'm looking forward to what's going on tonight i don't want to look at the the past uh but if joseph can win six games and as soon as he reaches that threshold if he does then we need to hire him right away and solidify what he's done and i'm pretty sure he can do that and if they don't a lot of us are going to be very, very disappointed. What do you think of that? Well, if he gets him to a bowl game after this season, if he wants the job, absolutely. You don't need to go follow through on this national search. And quite honestly, I think there's a lot to be said for happiness for a coach. The question is, and we don't know, is is 
Dave Aranda's dream spot, Waco, Texas. Is Lance Leopold's dream spot, Lawrence, Kansas. Matt Campbell's dream spot, Ames, Iowa, right? The three names you hear. Is Bill O'Brien's dream spot working for Saban? Probably not. Is it somewhere else, though, to go be the guy, or is it back in the NFL? All of these names we hear, and I'm probably is is um, Cincinnati coach Fickle. Is his dream spot to be at Cincinnati moving into the Big 12, or does he just want to hang out and uh, go 10-2 and two every year at Cincy? Because he, he, he will. And, and wait for Ohio State to open up. Uh, you know, what's, what's the reality of these names I've mentioned wanting to move to Lincoln and, and start over? Mickey could leave it in a great spot. But does Mickey want to be a head coach? I, I think the answer is well, yes. Does Mickey obviously. want to be a head coach? And then I think you also have to ask the question: Does Trev want to take the leap of faith of, a, of appointing a guy who's never been a head coach anywhere else? And he's got Briefly, a couple. Yeah. He's got a couple games here to, to get his feet wet, but there's still growing pains. Like th- that that drive with Chubba Purdy, the three plays is the perfect encapsulation of a guy who's never been a head coach before. I know you want to have accountability within the team, and Casey didn't live up to your standards, so you want to give him a, a, a series on the sideline, but an experienced head coach would know, we're not going to put a, a guy in Chubba Purdy who has never seen actual, real, important snaps in a football game at Nebraska and backed up inside his own 10-yard line. An an experienced head coach doesn't do that. Those are the little types of growing pains that Nebraska would have to go through with a guy like Mickey Joseph. And it's another question for Trev of, well, if Mickey gets these guys to 6-6, and do you want to appoint a guy, a first-time head coach, at a tough gig like Nebraska? Well, the guy understands Nebraska. That's that's the battle. And, And these other guys, I think, would as well, but Mickey's lived it. So, John, no, I mean... It's up to Trev, uh, and, and Mickey can keep making the argument absolutely uh, to, to be the guy. But it's one win, one game, and Mickey's been preaching. It's just one at a time. It's it's one week. It's it's Rutgers week this week before we get ahead of ourselves to, to get to that six or beyond number. Thanks for the phone call, John. 466-3776 or 800-825-825. 5865 across the state where you hear us on the Hale Varsity Network. Who's with us? We got Tom on. Tom, thanks for calling. Go ahead, bud. Yeah, you bet. I just had a quick comment on Mickey Joseph, but first and foremost, uh, John, the caller, John, that we all know. How about John coming out with the positive vibe today? I about saw him on the car. So, so <laughs> you, you lost on the bingo card, is what you're telling me with John. Oh, my God. God, good job, John. <laughs> See what a win can do for the state? Huh? Yeah. Uh, no, with Mickey, too, what, what other head coach in the nation do you, do you see when a kid has a penalty, he brings that kid to the side, he doesn't grab his face mask, he doesn't really even yell and scream, he shows the kid physically with his body what exactly the kid did. Talk about coaching and teaching on the run as a head coach. I applaud that guy. We got to get him. Urban Meyer, stay where the hell you're at. Bye. <laughs> there you go. I don't want to know where Urban's at. I don't want to know where Urban's at on a, on a on a Monday at four thirty. Hopefully with the grandkids. Hopefully not in a meeting with Trev Alberts. No, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm yeah, kidding. Dude, but but what, no. what I'll say about Mickey is he did take the first step in his coaching audition to, to getting this full time gig. And you said, Schmitty, if he wants this job, I think he said something uh, back in his introductory press conference that that proved him he wants a job. He said, this is the the opportunity that guys like me are waiting for. Sure, sure. To to get your chance, to to get your audition. But here's the other part of it. Making the decisions, being the guy in charge, 
having the, uh, the the culture the way you want it, that's all things he's totally going to be good at and capable of. But it's the other duties you have as head coach. Being in charge of everybody, totally capable of doing it. Some folks hate being a manager. Just want to kind of go do their own thing. Is it is it something that he could get used to? Yeah, absolutely. But the 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 interviews, the TV shows, the 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 stuff that comes with being the head coach is very very real, and and that's the stuff that you you put up with. That's the coaching part, man. You love doing that. A lot of coaches and coach for free almost. It's it's the other crap that you had to deal with as a head coach at this level with this fishbowl. That's where the, the zeros on the check are earned on top of the wins. Who's with us? We got Pete on the line. Pete, go ahead, bud. We got about a minute. Thanks for calling. How are you doing, Dave? Good, man. People are, are fired up. Nebraska got a win on Saturday night. You know, that's great. But uh, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer here, but need to put a little caution in there. This is one game. The important thing is we've seen improvement mm. on defense and uh, we've seen better tackling. We've seen better fundamentals. We've seen a team that had more energy. But as long as you take two steps forward, don't be surprised if we take one step back so we can take two steps forward again. Again, it's going to take weeks, but by the end of the year, I think we'll be a much better team than what we were the first three games of the year. So I just want to call in and say, hey. approach with a little caution. It takes time. Don't expect us to win the West. We won one game. There's improvement we can see. I think it'll gradually get better, but it's not a light sweep. You can't just flip it. Pete, good stuff. Pete's saying pump the brakes a bit, but you don't need to to turn the car off. More of your phone calls coming up with Hale Varsity. Your child has brain cancer. Can you imagine hearing those words about your own child? Nearly 5,000 families each year hear this life-changing diagnosis and live daily with the fear it brings. When a child is diagnosed with brain cancer, their lives are forever changed. The treatments used to treat children are toxic and cause damage to their developing bodies that can affect them for the rest of their lives. 95% of children who survive brain cancer will develop a significant health condition by the age of 45 as a direct result of the toxic treatments. This includes diagnosis of another cancer later in life or other countless deadly health problems. Our kids are special, and we need to treat them that way. By making a donation to the Team Jack Foundation, you fund research that leads to safer, more effective treatments, giving kids hope. You can be the difference. You can fund the cure. Join us and donate today by visiting teamjackfoundation.org. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Got a line open at 800-825-5865. What'd the win mean for you? What'd it do for you as your outlook? Maybe a little brighter the rest of the season. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by Currency. We'll get to more of your phone calls in just a second. Brennan chimes in. Uh, when it comes to Nebraska and uh, their win over Indiana. Happy Victory Monday, fellas. This is Brendan in the stream, and you can comment as well. ESPN Lincoln Facebook, ESPN Lincoln Twitter, Hale Varsity Radio Twitter, at HVarsity Radio uh, is where you can follow along there. But 
Brennan says, happy victory Monday, fellas. The coaching hunt is getting hotter with whiskey firing Chris. Also, could you imagine the meltdown if in Huskerland if Colorado hired Frost, <laughs> knowing that we play them next year, and, uh, and he did well? I think Nebraska fans would be all right with Colorado hiring Frost uh, based on the last four years. Just my humble take there. Uh, Brennan also says, agree with Elijah. Don't think I can be convinced that Indiana's O-line is better than Northwestern, North Dakota, or Georgia Southern. And we couldn't sniff their QBs. So, I'll say this. You had a couple of sacks from Garrett Nelson. Ty Robinson looked like you want to see Ty Robinson, right? He cut it loose. That's good. We'll have Mickey thoughts coming up. But you, you saw better defense. You saw a ground game. And then you saw big plays through the air. Big third downs, Elijah. Big third down to Palmer on, on third down and 10 uh, that, that kept that drive going to get you not only the uh, to, to add on to the go-ahead touchdown. You had the 71-yarder to break the tie, but the following drive that was also a 12-minute, 12-play, uh, 56-yard drive that took six minutes. That's that's big time. You, you need that. You got to have one of those in your back pocket in the fourth quarter in the Big Ten uh, when you want to win some, some tight ball games. Who's with us? We got Jeff on the line. Jeff, thanks for hanging on. Go ahead. Hey, fellas. Good afternoon. How are you? Good, man. Thanks for calling. No problem. Hey, I'm going to bring up three quick points. And the first one I'm going to talk about is the, the biggest thing to me that is going to help this program. Playing hard, playing with passion, and playing, playing with energy. What I saw Saturday night is what I haven't seen in 10-plus years. Mm-hmm. And Coach Bush said it after the game, and, and I loved it. He says, coaching's not hard. You just went out there and made it simple and had them fly the ball. I haven't seen guys making tackles with three, four guys ripping the ball, somebody lighting somebody up legally and then intercepting. Unbelievable. Great passion. The second thing that I think that we have to get away from is the empty set. I mean, I cannot believe that the coaches up top are not saying we cannot go to an empty set. Every time we do, we have no check downs to get the ball away. I think we have two guys that we could go max protection and send two guys out in the pattern and we would be okay. We can send, you know, Palmer out deep and somebody, you know, combination routes underneath and we'll be just fine if we have to do it. Mm -hmm. And the last thing that I think and the biggest thing that um, I haven't seen in a long time and I don't, I have not heard anybody talk about this from the media. If you guys noticed at halftime, we finally warmed up. We came out and we ran and did all of our pregame warm-ups that we did at the beginning of the game, and we did at halftime. Coach Frost has never, ever done that during his time at Nebraska. This is the first time we came out at halftime at the four-minute mark, and we warmed up just like every other team does for three and a half minutes. I told the people I sit next to, I go, they're ready. They're going to be ready to play the second half. We've never done this before, and nobody saw that and brought it up. So I would love for somebody in the media to ask Coach Frost, hey, do you think that made a difference? But you know what? It'll be a, a huge test on Friday, probably not a big crowd Friday night, to see if the boys can ramp it up one more time and get it going. I appreciate your time. Hey, thanks for the phone call. Good stuff. And Schmidt, you didn't. I was sitting here asking, like, man, what kind of, of speech did Bill Bush give at halftime to fire that defense up? And Je- Jeff Jeff put his Coors Light down and went in there and said, "Good work, fellas." 
Now the 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 warm up thing. It's a little thing. It's a little thing. But Mark Cranach circled the the warm up thing. Even in Ireland, between Guinnesses, he circled that as a, a detail thing. Who's with us on the eight hundred line? We've got Josh calling in from Iowa. Josh in Iowa. Josh, go ahead. Thanks for calling. <clears throat> Thanks, guys, for taking my call. Um, you know, I agree with a lot with Jeff said. The biggest thing, too, I took away from that, and I was able to go to the game. It was my birthday on Saturday. So it Happy was a great belated. birthday win. Thank you. But um, the biggest thing is I just the defense just had this edge, this attitude to them. And just watching the motive, I mean, just how I think how Joseph and Bush has you know, spoken the message the last two to three weeks, I think has really hit them fast and it's hit them hard. And you've noticed, and you notice it on the field. Thanks guys for taking my call. Thank you to, to add to that. And thanks for the phone call. No, it just kind of comes down to belief, right? The old Ted Lasso. First thing he did in season one was put up a giant believe sign. And you got to believe. Simple enough, but what you're being coached to do and told to do, is it going to pay off? Is what these guys are scheming and planning for me, is it in my best interest? Well, you would think so. Everybody wants to win. That's the hope. But time and time and time again, you fell short of it. So eventually that message, that belief, uh, there's some doubt that creeps in. And that it's huge to get the first one. To, to your point, Elijah. Who's with us? We have got Bruce on the line. Bruce, welcome in. Thanks for calling. Go ahead. Brother Chris, what do you know? You know, it was, it was a good Saturday night. I had a cold beer with Elijah after the postgame show. And <laughs> we just said, all right, this is a lot better than the alternative. <laughs> yeah, just one. Come on. I had two. I'm getting old and I'm getting cranky. I had golf in the morning. Hey, first first thing is first thing I'm gonna do is I'm I'm happy for the team, super happy, but uh, also too uh, heart and prayers out to the Pelini family. Mm, Yes, Uh, you know, hopefully you guys know about all that stuff going on uh, with the Pelinis. But anyway. Uh, what I saw from the game was Mickey Joseph holding those players accountable. When Cochran got ejected, he was over chewing on some tail, and I mm-hmm. like seeing that. And I also wanted to tell Elijah, too, that he might be, I, I don't know his age, and that's not important, but um, back in the golden years, Tom Osborne used to do this with the quarterbacks all the time, Elijah, whether it was Mickey and Mike Grant, okay, together. If one of them made a, a goof up on the field that was costing a lot of field position or possibly points in the game, they got pulled for, for a series. Uh, Tommy and Brooks, same thing. We, we saw it all the time back in the day. What I think I see happening here is Mickey is getting this state of mind back, this state of mind in Nebraska football, getting his guys back, making them angry, letting them know that when you smell blood in the water, go for it, attack. And I like that. Bruce, good stuff. And, yeah, the accountability part of this discussion is is very key because no one's safe if you're not doing your job. And uh, it's got to be that way. Bruce, appreciate and you I'll calling. also add, 
I liked Mickey going and, and chewing Corcoran just a little bit on the sideline, but I also liked Corcoran having a little nasty to him. I don't think it was a punch. If it was a punch, that's a problem. It I, was I a think, slap. I think it was just a guy having a little nasty uh, putting his uh, defensive lineman into the ground. I didn't hate seeing that at all. Well, you, of course you don't hate seeing it. You're a lineman yourself. Yeah, we'll wind down hour one. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Winding down this first hour, it's Hale Varsity, presented by Currency. For all your equipment, financing needs, go Currency. More of your calls. Uncle Charlie coming up here in 10 minutes. Mr. Blackshirt, Charlie McBride. Jeff chimes in on the StreamYard, and you can watch us as well and stream along. ESPN Lincoln's Facebook, ESPN Lincoln's Twitter, and the Hale Varsity Radio Twitter feed at HVarsity. Radio, give us a follow at Schmidt underscore radio at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. Jeff says a win means a fresh start in the Big Ten this season. Let's go beat Rutgers. And uh, Jeff went on to say Nebraska looked so much better uh, from the start of the game. The coaches looked better. And uh, also, if Nebraska beats Rutgers, do we start talking about Mickey as the next head coach? I don't think we can get the Kansas coach. Or uh, the, I was thinking maybe you wanted to go D.C. there, the defensive coordinator from Wisconsin. I think he's going to interim. Oh, yeah, I see. Thank you. Mm. Look at you. Yeah. Look at you being able to put the letters of the alphabet together <laughs> and, and say the interim coach. Yeah, I think you nailed it earlier. I think Leonard was on his way out the door in Wisconsin said, let's, let's see what you can do as the head guy before someone else grabs you. Mm. And we talked to Barry, what, media days? We talked to him about Jim Leonard, and he's like, I think Jim can go be a head coach anytime he wants. He's had that response to me when we've kind of broached Leonard's future, right? 39-year-old, 10-year vet in the NFL, a staple of the Wisconsin defenses. It's been a bad week in Madtown, and there's a lot of Nebraska Nebraska fans that aren't sad about that, but can sympathize with their pain getting – destroyed by by Bielema, first and foremost, with Illinois, and then uh, getting just absolutely boat raced uh, on, under the lights on ABC well, by Ohio State. And this wasn't just on field either. Go look at Wisconsin's recruiting ranking since NIL has been implemented. They, they've been slipping further and further down the, the Big Ten recruiting rankings, and their, their relevance since the NIL era seems to be dipping under the Paul Chris. This is more than just what's happening well, on the field. I can guarantee you, Paul Chris is like, I'm not paying anybody to come here. Mm-hmm. And and while I agree with you, it's not the way the world is anymore. So you either you either adapt or die, right? Uh, real real quick reminder about your friends at Red Zone Tickets, selling fun since two thousand one. You want to go see Nebraska Husker football or or Husker volleyball? How about Creighton hoops, NFL action, theater tickets, concerts? RedZoneTickets.com, uh, located in Omaha. They're local. They're great folks. They're reliable. One hundred percent guarantee on all your orders. An A plus better business bureau rating and uh, get that item crossed off your bucket list redzonetickets.com uh, memories that last a lifetime go see them with redzonetickets.com who's with us yeah scott scott sorry to keep you on hold go for it bud not a problem oh i just had a couple things and you know one on a, a positive note and one on a frustrated note the frustrated one to start with was third and three and we don't have a back in the backfield at all. And empty, yeah. I don't know. That just drives me crazy. Nope, get you empty. What's your uh, what's your point of praise? Then it was the defense, and I think 
played actually so much more aggressive in the second half, and you could just tell they had them on their heels the whole time. We didn't play scared in the second half on defense. It's like we're, you know, it seemed like in the past we were always just waiting for something to go wrong, and mm. and we weren't going to be aggressive at all. And it, it, they just went after it this week, and it seemed like it, it worked out for them. They got coached up. There was some belief. Scott, appreciate you listening. Thanks for the phone call. We'll wind down this first hour. Coach McBride coming up here to kick off Hour 2 with Hale Varsity. Like what you hear? High-quality radio and podcast is part of what we do at Hale Varsity. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we do. Ten issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's hailvarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. Welcome to Hail Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hail Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Back with you, Tower 2. It's Hale Varsity Radio. We're presented by Currency for all your equipment financing needs. Go Currency. More your phone calls, emails, and uh, tweets in to the show at HVarsity Radio, at Schmidt underscore radio, at Herbal Essence, where you can find us. Get to see me, some of your emails as well. We uh, check in, though, with Mr. Blackshirt, a Monday with Charlie. Mr. Blackshirt himself, Charlie McBride. Coach. Let me ask you this. How's the weather up your direction? Beautiful. Cold. <laughs> no, it's, <laughs> it's nice out. It's uh, good fishing weather. You know, it's uh, there's a lot of guys out fishing, believe it or not. And, um, you know, it's uh, no, not many clouds. So, But that means we're going to get it pretty quick. <laughs> <laughs> so you're going to get a day of good weather and then a day of... Uh... Well, welcome right. to, to Big Ten country. Well, hey, Nebraska got an impressive win Saturday night, 35-21. Defense shut out Indiana in the second half. It was Mickey's first win as coach, and Trev was there to give him a game ball, and the players all went nuts in the locker room. It was a really cool scene <laughs> for for Mickey and the team and, and the Nebraska fan base. What do you think of Saturday? What were you pleased with as you watched it? Well, they they basically turned everything around that they they fought their way back you know and then at the end of the you know in the middle of the game it got a little bit i don't know just didn't seem like it was happening right with either team had that much to to say and then, but then the toward the end of the game they got stronger and um it seemed like they were coming off the ball on offense better. It just seemed like everything turned around, and they got, you know, maybe the being sick and tired of the same old, same old. They got sick and tired of it. But I think Mickey's made a change. They've made some changes in there, and I think that have been for the best. Um, I don't know what they've been. I mean, I just, you know, had a different feeling about the game. I, 
I saw some of the defensive linemen doing some things that I'd never seen before, and uh, you know they were they seemed like they were just uh, rejuvenated in some ways. Uh, maybe it was the week off. I don't know, you know, but that week off didn't hurt, especially with a new coach. Um, you know, that's always a, that's a help a lot. And Bill, Bill's, Bill was a good football coach. Uh, I remember, you know, we hired him uh, as a graduate assistant, and you know, he came in, did a great job, and you knew he was going to be a good coach. And he's he, not only that; he's a, probably a way above average receiver, uh, recruiter, <laughs> way above. You know, he really is a hard worker, and you know, goes at it. So, you know, a lot of these things, I think, players pick up on some of this stuff. And Bill is a very knowledgeable. He doesn't waste any time. When something comes up, he can answer you. Mm. And um, and I think that helps. And I think the way they're practicing a little bit, I from what I can hear and gather, that they're practicing with more enthusiasm and everybody's involved. Charlie McBride's with us on Monday with Charlie. It's Hale Varsity Radio. Coaches, it is simple as, all right, for – X number of times we've tried it this way, we being the, the players, and it, it didn't happen. This is something new. And Mickey talked about buy-in. He's like, the kids have bought into being physical, and it, I mean, at least for, for one ball game, it, it worked out. Nebraska was physical. Uh, they were confident. They, they played aggressive. I mean, it was just, it, I'm not, crowning them but i'm saying it looked like a whole new team yeah well that's the that's the thing i think that they're you know i i some it, you know it the, the part of the problem is young players okay you know and they have to kind of get in into the, the you know they don't really realize you know you ask a kid have you played have you played as hard as you can and they'll, they'll say oh yeah no, they haven't. <laughs> you know, they're they're just they're learning what really hard is. I mean, and and I think they got some depth. Um, you know, that's probably helped them a little bit. Uh, you know, you saw some young guys play that haven't played before mm-hmm. that played well, and you know, um, um, it's just it's nice to have those kind of guys. You know, around, but you know, and I, I listen to TV and listen to people talk. They have no clue about our personnel because they're so young. Mm. They can't talk about them. They can't. They don't know that we have some good running backs and some good, you know, some good guys in in the secondary that are young and things like that. And so, those people are starting to show up, and pretty soon you're going to find out that, you know, some of these guys are a little better than average. <laughs> But I mean, mm-hmm. you know, when they play like that, they come up and right away you see them making plays and stuff like that at the young age. Uh, I think that, you know, a lot of the secondaries growing up too. Mm-hmm. Troy, well, what I saw on Saturday was a defense that, I mean, we've talked about it before, and I think you even said last week it sometimes looks like the, the defense, their, their feet are stuck in the mud. And I saw a defense that was playing quick and playing physical on Saturday and talked a little bit about some some schematic changes there, some some effort changes as well from the defense. But I mean, how how do you make sense of a defense that looks so slow through four games now, looking so fast and free on Saturday? Is that all due to to a, a coaching change in Bill Bush, a change in philosophy? 
both sides of the ball cut out a lot of garbage. <laughs> and I mean, and that's what happens. And now they're playing. They played last night with something they knew what they were doing. I mean, they knew uh, they cut out enough stuff where they could go into the game with more confidence. And and that's what you have to do. You have to really be careful with young people. If you, you know, and like I said, there's some people that are going to learn, you know, quick. There's some people it takes a little more time. I mean, you could be a genius and it still takes a little more time for some. It's different. It's a different, you know, culture when you're on a football field than in a classroom. And and so that that that's where you have to kind of really be careful what you're doing, uh, because if you say, "Does everybody get it?" Nobody wants to raise their hand if they don't get it, because mm-hmm. then they look like they're stupid. Mm-hmm. And um, and and that's the thing you have to fight. With, you know, I mean, I talk every day about that when I when I had young players that don't be afraid to say something, even if you feel like it's stupid, mm-hmm. because there nobody's in here is going to laugh at you. Because mm-hmm. there's probably another guy in here that doesn't know either, and you're helping him out. And so, you know, that that's the, those are the things they cut out some things where those guys could go on the field. And they could feel more comfortable. Coach, what what did Saturday night do for you as far as the season outlook as Nebraska heads into Rutgers? Well, it looks like some of the guys found out what it takes a little bit and takes to you know it takes to win. I mean, it takes more. It takes a little bit more um, mentally. It takes more mentally preparation too. Um, you know, you say, well, they all, they all, now's the thing is, do they buy in, be, meaning are they going to do the same thing every time? Are they going to play like that every minute? Are they going to trust each other? You know, and those things grow on a team. They don't happen overnight. And, um, you know, there's some teams that have good enough upper-class leaders to, you know, to make to put a little more pressure of learning stuff on the younger players. And uh, we don't have many seniors, mm. you know, and we don't have many guys that have been around here a long time that are playing. So it, it's, a, it's a little different, you know, atmosphere in, in some ways. But now you have experienced guys that have been experienced for years in coaching and understand all this part of it and know where to stop and know where to go. Um, you know, there's been times when when I've had to crack down on all of our guys trying to put in too much. And, uh, and I'd always say, you go ahead and show me. If I don't understand it, we're not doing it. <laughs> okay. I mean, I need us to understand it right now. And because there's kids, you can't spend all week working on something new and not do the things that you do best and practice those. Mm-hmm. And my, my feeling was, yeah, you know our defense, but we're going to play it better than you can block it. Okay. Yeah, you still got to stop uh, us, right? Yeah. <laughs> and we were a pretty good team against the run. and But we had some big plays, too, because we played a lot of man and. Uh, my old saying is, you live by the sword, you die by the sword. <laughs> and so we weren't what you called, uh, you know, a team that, uh, running-wise, we had teams with minus yards in, at the end of games, I think, a couple of times. 
but uh, throwing, you know, throwing the ball, they may throw it for 250 yards or something like that because they can't run it. And so that that's what you try to do. Then what what do you know? Then then you've made them one dimensional, and then and your defensive linemen can raise their tails up and they can go. You know, they don't worry as much about the run. They're just going to find a way to get to the quarterback. Charlie McBride is with us here another Monday with Coach Charlie McBride. And Coach, we'll get to Paul Christ here in just a second because I want to get your thoughts on that. But before we get there, I, I want to get your thought on Casey Thompson getting benched for a series. Chubba Purdy uh, putting, or getting backed up inside his own 10-yard line. A tough spot for him to come into. Uh, but I, I want your take just on, on what the coaching staff did there, uh, giving some accountability, not only to the quarterbacks, but I think that was a message to the rest of the team as well that uh, if your play isn't going to cut it, we're going to try to find somebody else who will. And they did that a couple different times on Saturday. And I want to get your reaction to, to what the coaching staff did with that. You mean as far as moving, uh, putting the Purdy in the game? Is that what you're kind of saying? Putting Purdy in the game, as well as some other guys. We saw Hunter Anthony come in for Bryce Binhart, and uh, we also saw Hartzog get a lot of playtime over Tommy Hill on Saturday. All, but, all kind of a next man up type mentality. Well, I think we had kind of a, a, a thing. If you if you make a mistake in a game, uh, we want everybody to see who made it. <laughs> you know, wow. But you maybe so. But get his get his tail out of the game. Okay, I mean he needs to know that it's it. it we don't stand for that stuff. And and even though look at we had a hundred and some yards and penalties, so they I think. Mm-hmm. So it was a game where they called ticky tack stuff. I saw some stuff. Oh man, that, <laughs> you know that you should have called and didn't call, and some stuff you should never call and. You know, and things like that. So I don't know. Maybe it was a, in a maybe a little bit of an inexperienced crew because they had two teams that weren't they didn't think were going to play for the world championship right away, and they probably maybe didn't have their best officials. I don't know, <laughs> but that that can hurt you in a game a lot. Um, you know, and then just a guy deciding I better make a call. Mm-hmm. I think some guys think that way. And if you don't see anything, you don't call anything. But you don't make stuff up. And sometimes you, you just wonder why why in the world did a guy call something like that and two minutes later you see something worse and they don't call it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's inconsistency uh, and you know, officiating is is an inconsistent job anyway. You know, it's kind of hard on them. But players, players, you know, it can hurt a player if you're if you're given to penalize them. And younger, older players, they forget it. I mean, you're not going to do it. He calls the play. You're going to get. That's it. Period. You don't need to argue with them. Just go on to the next play and forget about it. That's all you can do, but sometimes young kids take it, you know, and it wears on them. Coach, I wanted to ask you about 90 seconds. You're really close with Paul Christ. Are you surprised Wisconsin moved on? I couldn't believe it. I just, it, really, it, it really bothered me a lot about just about coaching in general. Like, you know, I mean, even my wife said today, I don't like football anymore, you know. It just, uh, you know, the family, you know what it does to them all. You know what it does to everybody. And, uh, you know, there's a guy that's a winning coach. I mean, he's won. He, I don't, I, you know, I, it's hard for me, I, you know, a little bit. I, it, you know, when, when Frank got fired, mm-hmm. I, I had a little trouble believing that. Mm-hmm. And this was the same thing. And I, and I always said this, 
And I heard this a long time ago when I was a young coach with a guy that was a get a speech. He was a he was a high school coach. He was started started out as a graduate assistant, assistant college coach, and then he became a head college coach. And then he went in the pro ball. I mean, this guy went through the whole thing, and he said the one thing that happens the most, and he was an athletic director. He said the one thing that athletic directors now, it seems like they want their own guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, if things go wrong, the press, uh, some, of, some of his people or followers, you know, jump on the head coach, you need a change, make some changes, and some go, you know, submit to that pressure. I was surprised just because here's a guy that had been winning and they lose two games and at the in the middle not even at wait till the end of the year or just right in the middle of the year just decide because he lost two out of three games they're going to fire him. I mean and before he's he's a winning coach. He had a new offensive line. He's got a pretty a lot of young new guys this year. And that that stuff can happen, mm-hmm. and you know, and but the next year, boom, it'd be somebody else. So sure. somebody coming in may end up with the gold mine. Mm-hmm. Coach, I want to ask you one more question on on Coach Christ. We've got to go to break. Can we keep you for for just a quick minute on the other side of this commercial break? Sure. Okay. Thanks, Coach. Hang on with me. A little bit more from Coach McBride. A Monday with Charlie. It's Hale Varsity Radio. We're presented by Currency. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks for spending time. It's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by Currency. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Uh, big thanks to Charlie McBride for extending a little overtime with Coach here on a Monday with Charlie. Coach, sorry to put you on hold there. I was just up against a... A tough time out, so I wanted to, to just finish up here. And you've known Coach Chris Paul for forever. I mean, uh, you've known him since he was a, a high school quarterback. So yesterday hurt for you and the family. And uh, you, you touched on that here before the last break. I wanted to ask you, do you think Barry Alvarez, I don't want to say signed off, but knew this was happening. And the reason I asked that is because that was one of Barry's guys, and Barry's always been the guy to, to, to promote at Wisconsin. I mean, he set this thing up with the Nebraska blueprint. I, I, if I had a guess, I, I would think that he probably didn't know. Uh, if he did, he didn't know much. Right. Uh, he, you have to understand that Barry's a tough guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, and he—he's—he's he's a kind of guy that this kind of stuff I don't—I think bothers him a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, no matter how it went down, I don't know that he—I I can't say he didn't approve, but I—I would—I would say that he didn't approve. I mean, that's mm-hmm. this way I—I I know him well enough to know that he's—you know—Paul was—he was confident in Paul, and uh, he, Barry's the kind of guy that. If he's not confident in a person, he's going to make them disappear. But he's always been picking picking the right people. He's been picked the right head coaches that he's worked for, mm-hmm. and he's moved along that way too. And he understands that there is this problem in coaching, 
and it's it appears to get it's getting worse. For you know, who knows who people are listening to? Mm-hmm. You know, you don't know, and uh, that's the hard part. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, but I, you know, I know when Barry made a decision, it was his. Mm-hmm. Well, Jim Leonard played for Barry, played for for Paul. Uh, and and he's kind of the, the the next big thing or whiz kid, so to speak. And who's to say he doesn't get a, an opportunity and leave? Did Wisconsin do this preemptively so that Jim would have an audition, or do you think they go after Leipold? No, I don't know what they'll do. I really don't. I uh, I don't know if I don't know if Barry will even have entered the picture and. You know, getting involved in in a in a new hiring. Although I think if Asty will, mm-hmm. but um, uh, I I just think after this, if he didn't agree with what happened now, I I think he's probably gonna kind of lay back and and just see what happens. And Jim's probably a good enough coach, you know, to mm-hmm. do it. Uh, he hasn't been a head coach, or he hasn't even really been coaching very long, but he's. I'm sure he's been around Paul. Paul's been at every level in coaching, so, you know, and, and Jim probably hasn't. It's all only been in college. And uh, teaching is a big thing, and he's apparently done a great job of that. Charlie McBride with us on the Wisconsin situation. Coach, you spent a lot of good years at Wisconsin and close with the Chris family. Last thought on Nebraska. What do you think happens Friday night in New Jersey? I think they like winning. <laughs> you know, I think I think they're going to continue to do the same thing. They'll probably put another wrinkle or two in the, you know, in their attack so expand it a little bit if they feel confident that the kids have kind of picked up on what they're doing. Um, but I don't think they'll get you know uh, come out with some crazy stuff or anything like that. As you notice, I. You didn't see a whole lot of trick plays or any reverses or any, any really anything that was, you know, just it was just football. Mm-hmm. It was just blocking and tackling, and I, I, you know, I was impressed with that part of it. Charlie, if you're coaching this team right now, put yourself in the shoes of, of Coach Joseph and company. Would you be talking to the team about the fact that you're tied for first in the Big Ten West right now? That's still not off the table, or are you just taking this on a week by week basis? <laughs> That, that's what I looked at this morning. This thing isn't over. <laughs> I mean, you know, you get Minnesota got it handed to them, you know, and, uh, you know, they haven't been a great team away from home, I guess. I, I, I haven't checked it all, but, you know, just listening to reports that they've had, um, you know, most of their losses have been away from home. And so winning it away apparently is a, is a tough thing for them. Uh, and, and again, that's usually the older guys are the guys that can handle that kind of stuff. Younger guys sometimes can't, but I think they have a mature team, and uh, so I don't expect them to roll over. <laughs> I guarantee you that. Charlie McBride, coach, we'll let you be, and we'll talk next Monday. Thanks for giving us a few extra minutes today. Sure, okay, I'm glad to do it. Okay, thank you. Talk to you next week. Bye now. See you, Coach. There he is, Charlie McBride with us on Monday with Charlie. Hail Varsity Radio, and tough for him to, to talk about, but appreciate him doing it on uh, the, the, the Chris situation. I know he's just sick for, for Paul Christ, and there's that wow factor with what Wisconsin did. 
And yeah, it isn't Barry Alvarez in the uh, the Godfather chair anymore. It's Macintosh. And I think you nailed it with you either lose Leonard or you don't. And things are going sideways now. What's 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 the direction? And I mean they they have Northwestern. I think they're there. They don't play Northwestern very well on the road. Uh, Northwestern's got a little bit of a pulse going. They didn't lose badly to Penn State. I mean, that was a that was a rock fight. But the West is is wide open. Coach was right on it as always. Right, just right there and on it with where Nebraska was at. A lot's been harped on with alignment and assignment, and it's it seems simple. But he touched on it. I mean, it was. Just football, and and the kids played it really well Saturday night. Oh, that they did, that they did. It it, it was, I mean that that's why we can have a show that's a little bit more encouraging on a Monday here, is because it wasn't. I mean the the, the feeling Monday after North Dakota was well, an ugly win is better than a pretty loss. And yeah. and I'll go as far as to say that win on Saturday it wasn't perfect, but it it was pretty. It was a pretty win based on what Nebraska went and did in the second half. That game. The, the final score was flattering to Indiana, in my opinion. Yeah, because they had two offensive touchdowns. They got the uh, the scoop and score sack, and Coach McBride nailed, they, nailed it. He's like, I think they like winning. Well, they got a win in impressive fashion, and, and, what was and they it? got over the hump. They got over the hill in a big game. It's not a great team they beat, but they got over the hill in a tight ball game. There was, yeah, there were some nervous moments, but for the most part, Indiana didn't have much of a pulse in the first or fourth quarter, for the most part. Mm-hmm. And he touched on that, that Nebraska really took control. We'll get to yeah. some emails. Got a phone line open for you at 466-3776-800-825-5865. The theme today has been, you know, big picture, outlook, beyond uh, just Saturday night. What's the win do for you as a Nebraska fan? And a lot of you have chimed in on that. If you haven't been able to get through, you're welcome to do that as well. We have Jay Moore. Our conversation with Jay Bird uh, may be uh, coming up here in a little bit as well. But uh, email from Chad. Chad says, good show. The outlook does change for me a little bit, partly because the West is wide open. But Nebraska really kind of dominated the game in some ways I wasn't expecting. I mean, Georgia Southern ran a similar offense, and we know what happened. So if Bush can get the D to perform even half that good, then it's going to be interesting. I still think Whipple calls too many pass plays. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Anthony I don't Grant got a, 32 rushes. What do you? What more do you want? I, I don't have any problem with with what Whipple did uh, because what, what's their What's what's the go-to right now? The go-to is to get Palmer either on a crossing route or deep. Okay, you got to stop that. How do you stop it? You go whack Casey Thompson, and uh, you you wait for the Nebraska offensive line to 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 be exposed. They may have uh, shored some things up. We'll hear from Mickey Joseph in just a moment, but Nebraska went to an alternative option at both their tackles. One, they were forced with the Corcoran incident. We don't have any new news on that. The Big Ten's still reviewing it, whether he is just disciplined for that second half or if he's – I don't have the rule, forgive me, but do you get – do you have to serve time the following week as well for a punch or is it is it served 
uh, already because that was a was that a third quarter, first quarter, second quarter. When did the the punch happen? That was third quarter, wasn't it? Was it was it second? It was moving left to right. Were, yeah, were, were, they, were they moving left to right in the third? You were the one in the press box. I know it was a blur, but I was taking notes and yeah, I should be more specific. Because they were moving right to left in the fourth. Which they're moving left to right. In, were they moving left to right in the, both the second and the third? Yeah, they had the wind at their back in the uh, in the first and the fourth, which which was south to north. The south I'm north. the man with the Google machine in front of me. Let's get this. For no, you. you're fine. Uh, as far as Whipple, though, I mean, I, I don't mind his his pass plays, but I don't like the result with with the Purdy situation. Uh, and and Mickey touched on that. He's like, look, <laughs> do uh, do what you need to do to win. And that, to me, is is if if you can get time to complete a pass, throw the ball. But you're gonna you're gonna win ball games. That final touchdown drive, they had a, that, the third down completion on third and ten, kept the chains moving, kept your drive alive, up seven. But then you hammered it with Grant. You hammered it with Grant, and then you, you brought in the quarterback run for Casey to get into the end zone. So you scored on the ground after. Go into what you're best at or your best matchup. You went to your best player, Palmer, over the middle for that third and ten. They couldn't stop it. They didn't stop it to keep the chains going. And then you continued to, to burn clock. I'll just say, after firing up the old uh, Google machine here in front of me, Turner Corcoran was ejected in the second quarter. I thought so. So based on uh, college football's ejection rules, that counts as a, an, an entire game. It's a first half and a second half, so he should be back regardless on Friday night. But uh, we'll still wait for the, the Big Ten ruling to, to come down mm, official ruling kevin emails in uh quoting here uh one thing that kids can do with me we can talk and they tell me how they feel he didn't want to be taken out of the game he expressed that this is a quote from kevin from joseph's presser today on the benching we'll hear some of that coming up he let me know he didn't want to <laughs> be taken out but then i explained to him why we did it because we're always going to explain to him the why this is the why generation you got to tell him why my generation was because i said so it's like yes sir <laughs> right uh because i said so didn't cut it anymore uh joseph's response to that was good and being able to communicate and be real uh, more thoughts here coming up with hail varsity Chime in 402-466-ESPN or email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. Just try me. Try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Back with you. It's Hail Varsity. We're presented by Currency. We'll have some Mickey Joseph thoughts coming up. This from Jeff Portrykus from uh, Wisconsin. This is the number for Paul Chris. And big thanks to Charlie McBride. Laying out his thoughts on on Paul Chris' dismissal. Coach McBride was at Wisconsin before Nebraska and knows the Chris family very, very well. They are family to, to him. So Chris was due $20 million in change after being removed. Parties agreed to a payment of $11 million to be paid no later than February 1st of 2023. The funds come from the uh, UW Foundation, no taxpayer dollars. So uh, we saw $16 million, right? That was the number 
last night, but that's down to 11. But it's uh, 11 million to go away, as Ed Orgeron once said. What door you want me to leave at, and what time do you want me to go? With uh, the amount of zeros on on that check. So Vic emails in Chris at HaleVarsity.com. Three things. I love I love to see Frost go to Colorado. He might learn how to be a head coach, and he has an offensive mind for the Pack Eight. I love that Thompson got benched. Don't care what it cost us. Would rather have seen three runs and a punt than a strip sack, but. I don't think Frost would have had the, to bench him. And I love the butt-chewing that Corcoran got from Mickey when uh, he came off the field. I love the passion of it. I love the, the fact that Corcoran took it like a man. The exchange looked like uh, what a coach-player exchange should look like versus what you're seeing now. Nick sent this in. You've got SMU players playing to sit out the rest of the season to preserve their redshirt year. And enter the transfer portal. That's what uh, multiple SMU players uh, have said. This being re- reported in the Dallas Morning News. So that's a new thing, a thing. It's not just bowl games or non-consequential bowl games anymore. Where you sit out for your NFL stock. Now, dudes, and it's not the first time this has happened, but could happen at Miami, could happen at Houston, could happen at Michigan State per Darren Ravel. Uh, we had an email a little bit ago, last segment from Kevin. This is the, the comment from Mickey Joseph here on uh, the benching, the, uh, the polling of Casey Thompson. And Casey was great today, too, talking about it, just the ability to communicate and talk. But here's what Mickey Joseph had to say about that and his ability to, to not sugarcoat, to be real, be direct, He's the boss. He's the boss. He's in charge. But you're able. You're gonna be able to talk to him about things. Casey was okay. Casey was okay with that. He came in yesterday. And we, we 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 sat down. One thing that kids can do with me. We can talk, and and they can tell tell me how they feel. And he didn't want to be taken out of the game. He expressed that. I mean, he he let me know like that was I didn't want that. But I, and then I explained to him why we did it. Because I'm always going to explain to him why, because it's a why generation. So he wants to know why. So I told him why. And he said, well, I don't want to do that again. I said, well, I don't want to do it either. But if I have to, I will. Because I'm going to be consistent with him. I'm not going to be wishy-washy with him. I'm going to be consistent with him, what I'm saying. He's no different than anybody else. If we think he's struggling, he's coming out. That's anybody. That's, that's, that's the way you got to run your football team. You can't treat him any differently. He don't want to be treated any differently. But he expressed how he felt, and I, I appreciated that. But at the end of the day, he understands who's the coach. Mickey Joseph right there. I mean, that, that sounds so simple, and a lot of you right now, Elijah, are nodding your head. Yeah, that's how it should be, but that's not how it always is. We just talked about SMU and Portal for whatever reason. Don't like what's going on at SMU now, so we're going to sit out, preserve our red shirt, and bail. It, it's super tenuous right now in the world of college football anyway with nil and hurt feelings and maturity and being told no (laughs) right being told no toughness that's the requirement for nebraska football uh that's still the requirement for nebraska football with mickey joseph well toughness on my list growing up in my family you had to be tough physically and mentally and so it's number one on my list if I question your toughness, then I can't play you. So if I had a friend and my dad didn't think he was tough, I couldn't hang with that guy. 
So toughness is high on the, the Joseph list, so it's high at Nebraska football right now. So <laughs> if I don't think you're tough, I can't play you. <laughs> Well, it's crazier to me. That's awesome. If my dad didn't think you're tough, I couldn't be friends with you. Uh-huh. It's, it's one thing to need a tough football team, but like, hey, man, let your kid have friends. <laughs> no, because you don't want the, the weak dude warping the, the, the toughness that you're trying to insti- trying to instill. Well, that's why uh, Mickey was a D1 athlete and I was not. That's all right. <laughs> well, well you, what, you're not tough? Well, on top of you're, the, you're a You're a D1 academic scholar. I'm not saying I'm, I'm not tough. I mean, it could have been the... You're a lineman. You've got to be tough. It could have been the general lack of athleticism on my end as well. Uh, that could have, have, have hurt my chances of going D1. So it, maybe it wasn't the toughness, but... Well, uh, self-doubt has been a big thing in this program. And uh, Mickey started off there. You just heard about traits, what traits he needs to see in his players or have in his players. Uh, self-doubt needs to... To exit stage left in this football program, maybe Saturday night can bring a, a change, a permanent change. Not always a win, but the the topic of questioning if they're going to win. Do you expect to win or do you hope to win? And uh, more from Mickey here on self doubt. Well, that was that was the big emotional part for me was just seeing their faces after the, after the game because they've been in so many close games that they that they hadn't closed out so just the, just the moment in the locker room seeing the relief on their face like okay we know we can do it you know you can always tell somebody oh i know you can do it but if they never do it then they're going to have doubts but they didn't have any doubts in the fourth quarter we asked them to finish in the full quarter we asked them to strain to finish and they did and they won the fourth quarter but they practiced that way they practiced that way for the last two weeks so here's mickey what changed defensively uh, no points in the second half in Big Ten action. Very impressive for the Big Red. You know, we, we talked about it last week. We said what we're going to do, get them lined up, get lined up. That's that's the big thing on defense, you know, to just get them lined up. You know, my brother Vance yesterday, he got his team to line up. When you can get them lined up, now they can recognize what's going on and recognize formation. That's the big key, recognizing what's going on, but you got to recognize the formation. So I thought they lined up, then they played with their hair on fire. And what changed? One of the guys who had doesn't have a lot of hair, but it was proverbial for uh, on fire. The proverbial on fire. There it is. There it is. Proverbial perform. Proverbial. This is Ty Robinson and Mickey Joseph's thoughts on on his big defensive tackle. I asked him to cut loose. I said, okay, ninety nine, go back, go back to your, go back to your old ways. Start cutting loose. And I thought he played free, and I thought he played with some fire. <laughs> Because that's the only way that kid can play, is to cut loose and play with some fire. He can't, he can't play calm. He's got he's to be ready, charged up, ready to go. And he did that Saturday. And I'm proud of him for that. Good stuff from Mickey Joseph. One or two more thoughts. We'll put a bow on Monday. Tomorrow on the show, excited Jim Walton, Gentleman Jim, longtime coach in Iowa State, Washington State Husker assistant, he is uh, just awesome to hear. Uh, get his thoughts on the Big Red, Mitch Sherman. We'll wind down on Monday. It's Hale Varsity. We're presented by Currency. Miss us? Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on.
on call for you. Catch the podcast at HaleVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time, Hale Varsity Radio. Be sure to get the podcast, the audio portion, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. Give us a rating, good, bad, or ugly. We'll take the constructive criticism or happy thoughts. That's fine to do it. Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. Also, the video portion of the show, always on the Hale Varsity YouTube channel. We're streamyarding today, and hopefully uh, you've enjoyed watching or at least not gotten sick watching us on ESPN Lincoln's Facebook, ESPN Lincoln's Twitter, and the Hale Varsity Radio Twitter feed at HVarsity Radio. So uh, let's squeeze in uh, a quick thought here on Currency. Uh, Our sponsor, our title sponsor, of course, is Currency. For all your equipment financing needs, go Currency. Log on uh, with Currency today. So uh, buckling up, very important. One of every three fatal crashes in Nebraska does involve an alcohol-impaired driver. Why take chances if you drink, don't drive? This message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. So I'm thinking about, I contacted my cousin Nate. Nader went to KU. Nader has peeps down at KU. How good would it be? to be in Lawrence Saturday for TCU. Game day is going to be there. That's one thing. But you, you had a bit of a rock fight between Iowa State and Kansas. The Jayhawkers won 14-11. to 11. I found myself watching more and more Big 12 football. I've been able to divorce myself from it, Elijah, uh, with the move to the Big 10 now uh, a decade plus later. But it's been really good this year. Well, good might be a stretch, but it's been entertaining. Well, who would have thought that? I mean, it's still Okie State's to lose right now. But in terms of like impressiveness, with like, I'm more impressed with both the Pac-12 and the the Big 12 than I am with the Big 10 so far this season. The Big 12 looks like they have three or four teams that could be competing for the the mm-hmm. Big 12 title. And don't look now, but the two teams that are going to be joining the the Big 10 from the Pac-12, USC and UCLA, both look awesome. I I, <laughs> I said on Friday, I haven't watched much UCLA football. I watched them a little bit on Saturday night. Man, they're actually a little bit impressive their, to watch. Their quarterback's insane. He's good. That they, they added some defensive pieces. Their defense looks pretty stingy. Well, Washington just got mauled. They made it look a lot better than it was. It is a wide-open West, though. Mickey had thoughts. I think it's football. That You, you don't know what's going to happen. You know, I think everything in, in athletics is, you know, day-to-day. And then on games is, you know, week-to-week. But it's 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 the Wild West right now. Everybody's everybody's fighting. But if you look at the games, the games are coming down to the full quarter. It's really just tough games. It's coming down to the full quarter. So we're going to take one game at a time. We got Rutgers, and we got to get ready for Rutgers. But the West is the West is wild right now. Absolutely. Many thanks to Charlie McBride in the extended segment with Coach McBride today. A Monday with Charlie, Jay Moore. Uh, we'll have that interview posted as well. Uh, Jim Walden tomorrow, former coach at Iowa State, get his take on the the Big 12, the Pac-12, the Big Red, what he's seeing, this coaching carousel, and uh, just what he thinks of Mickey. Jimbo was coaching uh, at Iowa State when Mickey was running the option short side. So the uh, ties of Nebraska go very deep with Jim Walden and uh, his time under Devaney. So coach with us tomorrow. And Mitch Sherman, excited to spend time with Mitch on a Tuesday. 
Uh, take more of your emails and tweets. As always, Chris at HaleVarsity.com. Good stuff with Elijah Herbal. We'll talk to you tomorrow at 4 on Hale Varsity. Thanks. A Huda Media Production.